Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the food world, and we're talking about a really interesting and cool new food product called Mushroom jerky like it's meat jerky you know like beef jerky which i love with mushrooms like veg vegetable beef jerky and this company called vegkey and on the podcast today is their founder thomas hong thomas it's so great having you on the podcast thank you for having me it's a great honor to be here I'm excited, man. I mean, oh my gosh, I I I've never uh, thought I'd see beef jerky like vegetarian style, and um, until it, <laughs> I met you, and then you sent me some great samples, and um, and thank you for that. Um, but man, what a cool idea, and I love the packaging, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but um, let's let's do this, Thomas. How did you get into the entrepreneurship space? Um, were you always in this? I know I, I know you were a civil engineer by a background, but you know, how did this all come about for you? Okay, I'll try to make a long story as short as possible. Um, I think I've always had it in my DNA, in my blood. Um, when I was back in the seventh grade, I was like selling candy under the table in school. You're not supposed to do that, but nice. um, <laughs> but I started doing that when I was young. And but growing up, uh, coming from a family of immigrants where my parents were came from like a developing country, they really emphasized study hard, get white collar job, uh, get a safe, secure job, and you'll be fine. Sure. I, I, you know, I've always, I've never liked studying. I've always uh, been always been like a very kinesthetic learner, like doing things with my hands, learning th- things as I go along, not not being good at taking orders. So um, school was a struggle for me. And, you know, I was always good at math and fit, like geometry and physics. So that's why, and I've always like building things. So that's why I went study civil engineering in college. Um, but towards my end of my college years, I realized, hey, this is not what I really want to do. After reading that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, this was like in 2000, 2002, sure. I realized, hey, I really should do what I wanted to do. However, almost done with my engineering degree. So let me just finish it. Let me putting five years of hard work into it and get my civil engineering license and have that as my fallback in case my business endeavors don't work out. So um, so I, I did engineering from age 23 up until 29. And that when I was 29, it was like 2009 during that subprime crisis. Absolutely. Yep. Global recession that came about. And I got, lost my job. And that's when I thought, you know what? Now it's time for me to start my own thing. Um, in my 20s, when I was working as an engineer, I've always had invested in real estate on the side. I bought properties in Arizona, Texas, Pennsylvania. Uh, this was in the days when you could buy, buy, buy with nothing down as long as you have sure. good credit. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> or, <laughs> I, remember. I remember that. Yeah. Or do an 80 15 loan. Yeah, that's right. 80 15 yeah. 5. And, yep. And then 80 10 loan once once you once you max out it once you get a higher debt to income ratio and then there were state income loans and so I, I accumulated a bunch of bunch of properties and then when the um when the real estate market crashed that's I didn't pull out in time and I pretty much just lost everything I had to start from ground from ground up when I was 29 so I started 
um, decided to follow my best friend's footsteps. He had this furniture business. He was importing furniture from China and selling on online on eBay and his website. So I asked him if I could learn from him. So he said, well, I could show you just as long as you don't Copy me, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Don't compete against. Don't sell furniture. I was like, okay, let me. I won't do that. Let me just figure out something to sell. So I thought, let me just sell something that's. I want. I want. I want to sell products that are high profit and and low volume. So, um, so I was looking at um, toilets, colored toilets, something that I could. (laughs) toilets yeah Yeah, i saw that on your your uh linkedin and when i was doing my homework on you tiny bathrooms right is this is this what that was (laughs) yeah yeah when i first started it was luxurymodernhome.com and then over the years i guess so just last year i after nine years in business i changed it to tinybathrooms.com so (laughs) so i was i was selling these color toilets in the beginning and then and then the and then I went into sinks, bathtubs, showers, lights, door hardware, wow. art, and so a whole lot of like home home goods. I was importing from China, selling online. Sure. And it was, it was doing well for like this was when I started. When I, was, I started when I was like twenty nine, so I'm I'm forty now. So this is only in my thirties. I was running this business, and it was it allowed me the mobility to travel around the world because I Absolutely. was working from my laptop. Uh, so I was doing that in my like I was just so I became an entrepreneur as twenty. I got out of engineering completely, and then uh, started this bathware home goods business. And I've been doing it ever since. Um, but it's really slowed down the past two years. And then that's when I and then two years ago in twenty nineteen, I started uh, Vegki. And what? So yeah, I was and I, I read some of your story on uh-huh. on Vegki. And for those that don't know Vegki. Um, Jerky is made with the stems of shiitake mushrooms and not the cap, which I want to mm-hmm. understand that in a minute because I don't, I'm not a mushrooms expert. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is what you say makes all the difference. Um, and your goal is for jerky to have the best meat like texture while our competitors try to replicate but have missed the mark. We've minimally processed veggie to ensure you're getting the most benefit with little to no additives too. So, um, so interesting and cool idea. Um, again, something I hadn't seen before. So, how did this even start? Because you were selling toilets and bathroom stuff. So, how did you decide to get in the food business? Okay, um, very interesting question. You know, when I was selling in the toilet business, I liked it for a number of years because I was making high margins and it was low volume. But after 10 years in business, as each year passed, the more and more I got to a point of feeling burnt out. Um, I mean, every business has its headaches. The headaches in this business was QC issues from the, from the products from, that were coming from, in from China. It, it's very difficult to package, very hard to ship, and it's very fragile. So the pros were that it's high-profit products, and I didn't have much competition. I was actually... Had very low competition. I may have been the only one selling small toilets. Sure. Um, so it was kind of fun to monopolize the, mar- right. the market. The market. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then after a number of years, I just like uh, the factories in China still never ran, never really um, beefed out their QC. So every one out of every hundred toilets or so was defected, and the customer wouldn't know until they installed it and it's leaking. Oh my god. 
Yeah, so these are high. These aren't like little five dollar widgets that you could sell on Amazon, right. and then you know. So what about shipping fees? These are heavy toilets, and they cost hundred plus hundred dollars to ship. And um, so it, it's, and then the customer knows that hey, you know, it costs more to ship it back. Let me try to totally. extort this, to extort the seller. Um, it, it, it's not much at all, maybe like one percent of the time. But I just got so burnt out with packaging, and then I I sprain my left wrist. You know, looking toilets, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and the pain is really coming back to me now. I sprained it ten years ago, and I never really got medical treatment for it. And then through years, it just sort of started coming back. So anyhow, I just got so sick and tired of uh, dealing with fragile, right, heavy, expensive uh, items. So I thought about going the other way around. Let me go into some business where I'm shipping non-fragile items right. maybe get higher volume and i can sacrifice you know like over the pro not care so much about the profit margins right um so so it just it sort of pointed me in that direction and w- another thing is that i've always want i realized after 10 years of selling toilets it wasn't necessarily a passion it, it wasn't a passion at all i just wanted to make money and have a mobile business so i could achieve my dreams of traveling around the world sure um and then i realized and then and after getting burnt out in 10 years, I realized, let me just do something that I feel passionate about because I think I'm comfortable financially and I don't have to do another business where I'm killing myself to make money because how much, how many more years of vitality do I have on this planet? Right. <laughs> I want to do something that I enjoy and do something that's more meaningful. I want to leave Absolutely. the world. I love that. And, and knowing that the world was better, was in a better place because of my presence in it. So I thought, hmm, you know, um, I've always wanted to go vegetarian, vegan, and I've always had a hard time doing so because I'm one of those people that like the taste, aroma, the sizzle of meat. Sure. But I just had, I knew it wasn't great for me or the planet or not good for the animal either. It's not coming from a happy place, but I right. I wanted to um, provide something to tailor to the market segment of people that want to ease themselves into vegetarianism and veganism without completely giving up, like sort of like the weekend vegetarians or the one veg- one vegetarian meal a day people. Sure. So, um, so anyhow, I was in my home country of Taiwan about two years ago, and I usually go back every year. Um, and there's a big vegan pop, a big vegetarian and a vegetarian. And vegan population are because of Buddhist. About thirteen percent of the country is vegetarian, and so there are a lot of mock meats out there, like fake meats that are made from mushroom and Got soy it. and wheat. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and I, I was in a vegan, uh, in a vegetarian store, and I bought different types of vegan jerky and vegetarian products. I thought about bringing it back and trying out because I. And the one best thing, one thing that really struck out to me was mushroom jerky i tried it i'm like wow this stuff is really good <laughs> That's and, interesting. yeah and i travel around the world i've been to like 80 plus countries and there's a whole and there's a lot of countries in asia because they're like so creative with food right that there's so many there's a lot of different types of food and snacks that i like to bring out here but i never had a time to do that because i was so focused on my toilet business so i I thought, you know what, maybe I should get into this because I had competitors and people knocking off my toilets by 2019. So I thought, you know what, that's not a business that's going to last too much longer. Let me start pivoting now and do something different. Sure. Um, So that's when I decided to just 
started selling veggie. I bought I um, bought like maybe hundred packs or fifty packs, and put it on Amazon to see how fast it would sell. And it sold out. I wouldn't say very quickly, but it was selling. So I knew that hey, there's a proof of concept right there's there. There's something here, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's when I bought more in my next order. I um, and then more each order after that once i got everything rolling okay so let's talk about the product itself so um talk about what's in it how it's made you know what what talk talk about the mushrooms that kind of thing okay sure so it's made from the stem of shiitake mushrooms so when you look at mushrooms there's the top part that's like that's the cap and there's that stalk or what you call the stem that comes out from ground, and then the top part is sort of like the this what they call the cap, or uh, what you interpret as a cover of the mushroom. Uh, the top part, which is a cap, is what most people eat. Uh, right. It's, it's got <laughs> the right. gills in it, and it's that's why you see it on dishes. Not and most people usually cut the stalk or the stem off and just throw it out, or they use it with broth because it's it's got, it's got this meaty texture, but not much flavor to it. The top part is like the rubbery. A tasty part, while the bottom part is like the meaty, meaty part of the mushroom sure. that no one likes to eat. And so they were making this in my home country for a long time. Um, and when I first tried it, I was like, "Man, this is really good. I've got to bring it and s- over to the West and sell this." Uh, so that's that's what you know, I feel is a hidden gem of the mushroom. This of the shiitake mushroom that is, it's that's stem part because it's got a fibrous texture that comes quite close to meat but not exactly meat but hey you know what if you season it and spice it properly and dehydrate it it tastes just as good as beef jerky so did you have to figure out how to make the product or were you able to kind of jump on product that's already made does that make sense and package it differently how did that play out because you didn't know oh. you didn't know the food business right you traveled around eating different foods but like how, yeah. did, how did you sort this out yeah i don't the only thing that I like that only thing i'm experiencing in the food business is eating not so much baking <laughs> and cooking <laughs> hilarious yeah so that's why it's important for me to find a good woman that knows how to cook and bake well <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, how did you sort this yeah. out? Did you you yeah. thought this might be a good snack alternative to yeah. package here? So then what? Yeah. So so um, I definitely don't want. I want to keep things simple. So I just found a factory that could make it for me. Okay. And right by the factory, they have a there was a packaging company. So they make it and they package it and they ship it here. And then it's it's already packaged. So all I do is just sell it sure ship it myself because i i don't want to be in a kitchen cooking i was in the kitchen formulating some recipe who knows how long it'll be right and right yeah i don't i don't want to just focus on one stage in the in the business process that's just importing and selling that's what i was doing from with my toilet business but this time just mushrooms sure just, and um did you start off with one flavor to begin with or how did you decide that well, I um I knew in the food business, in any business, you don't I didn't want to be in a business where I was just selling one specialized item. Right. Uh so I was like, oh well, if I'm selling mushroom jerky, I if I just sell just one flavor, it's gonna look too small. I don't look that legitimate to the eyes of the consumer. 
I want to look like I've been around for a while that it's a really est- firmly established business. So I decided to get start off with five flavors, whatever flavors the factory t- could make. So I asked them, well, what flavors are your best-selling ones? Well, they said, oh, original and spicy. Uh, <laughs> we'll start with those. Said, yeah. <laughs> I said, well, what other flavors could you make? Oh, um, <laughs> we made curry before. I was like, check. That Perfect. sounds good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And then uh, black pepper. I was like, okay, that's, oh, that that's a good one. that sounds good, too. Yeah. And then, they, and then um, wasabi. And I was like, okay, that sounds, uh, that sounds like it could, it could do okay. And then they mentioned another flavor that's like a, some funny uh, Asian broth flavor. I was like, uh, man, I don't think that'll fly here. Right. People know what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So you decided to start by buying product. And did you package it in your own packaging, then, then sell it on Amazon? Or how did that work? So in the beginning, I, they just made a, um, with any uh, shelf-stable um, food business, any shelf-stable food business, they're going to, they mostly start by, Packaging the product inside this transparent bag and putting a label or a sticker right, on like it a, with uh, your like a tang tag or something. Yep. Exactly. So I start off this way, and they say, "Well," and then I, I had to buy ten thousand packages, so two thousand of each flavor, because when it comes to printing the labels for each transparent package, they said, "Well, if you print two thousand, we get a good price on this." So I thought, okay, let me just do that. So I start off with 10,000, and then I, it took me six months or maybe up to a year to sell out. And towards in the middle of that time, I realized, hey, this is definitely, I've definitely proven the concept. Let me start developing the permanent packaging. Because sure. with the permanent packaging, you got to buy 20,000 right, of each. to make it economical for them, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, the the package the, the printing companies need a lot. They have minimum order quantities. Absolutely, so and they yeah, can make so, smaller runs, but it's just more expensive, right? I mean, that's a challenge. Um, yeah. Okay, so you start selling it and it's doing pretty well. Like, what? When did you decide either to expand or to continue on Amazon? What did that look like? How did you figure out what your plan was going to be around route to market? Um, I just wanted to keep expanding so i had to because i was always good at selling things online so i just try to reach out to as many um online platforms i could sell the products like some of them were these vegetarian or vegan uh online shops but first thing first definitely amazon ebay and our own website Uh, and then we went on etsy and there's a couple others well, those are our primary website because I've always been selling Amazon and eBay. Yeah, Amazon has the biggest audience of all sure. the websites. Sure. Yep. Yeah, no question. Um, and what was the? How were you getting feedback on flavors and what was selling? Was it just purely number of units sold by flavor that gave you a, a clue in terms of, you know, what was working? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. The, I would say the second best indicator, but the first best indicator for me was uh, giving out samples at the oh, New Jersey wow. Veg Fest. Oh, very good. Okay, and how did that go? It went very well. We had uh, we attended our first year in 2019. We attended the um, 2019 New Jersey Veg Fest, and that was in November. 
um that was my biggest my my biggest show to uh, to attend in my first year I was, I was a little bit nervous so i had all the flavors and this was in like the transparent packaging so i, I laid them out to sample and i would say 95 percent of people that tried it liked it uh, most people leaning towards the original and the spicy sure but everyone all the flavors were did well and so that's when i knew okay i'm just keep all five flavors so right you know when uh, I made the permanent packaging, I decided to just keep all five flavors. I love that. Now, um, so what's next? So you've got the flavors. You you have some that you can buy it on your website and whatnot. Uh-huh. Um, you know, what about retail stores, etc.? Yes. So this year, uh, well, since the pandemic started, it forced it shut down all the um, food shows, all the VM food shows, right. the veg fest. So I had to shift my focus to advertising and selling online. Absolutely. Um, like everybody, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And which was good, which was kind of good for me because I've neglected like online advertising, marketing, PR. I've neglected that from the start. So I, it made me shift my focus to selling online. And I started learning how to do Facebook, Instagram ads. Um, I hired a PR comp- two different PR companies to do oh, a six wow. month campaign. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I noticed like your photography is great. Like, your product photography is awesome as well. Thank you very much. Yep, really, really good. Um, okay, so h- how has that helped? So you got you, you hired some PR agencies. You you're now sh- selling online. I'm guessing either like a Shopify platform or, or other here. Um, so do you now that things are opening back up? Is it is there an approach to retail? Is it try to get into specific retailers? What does that look like? Yes. So we're getting into into retailers and distributors now. Um, we've gotten into Key Foods, which is a supermarket here in the Northeast area, yep. as well as Food Emporium. Oh, awesome. That's great. Um, I hired a online advertising company to take over my, uh, my LinkedIn account and to contact buyers and purchasing agents of supermarkets and for distribu- distribution companies. Um, and so I'm just targeting, I'm trying to get into more grocery stores. Sure. Absolutely. Well, that would drive distribution. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's yeah. great. I just admire that you, you know, how you figured out some of these things, you know what I mean? On your own without, mm-hmm. have you, have you had to lean on others to give you coaching or has it been, you know, trial and error on your own part? I would say it's been mostly trial and error on my own part, but one thing that's helped is um, peer-to-peer mentorship or what you guess is like networking with other f- small food businesses that you're not exactly in direct competition with, sure. and then you share information with them. Hey, here's a good hey here's a good PR contact. Here's a good publicist to get. Oh, this is a good online. Um, uh, website to kind of find distributors that oh don't work with them work with this so I've I've joined several companies so several um, organizations like the specialty food organization uh, so I'm a specialty food association sure and and there's Nosh um, and Bethnet absolutely very familiar with those <laughs> and uh, there's another one called uh, Startup CPG yep. So I would meet other food entrepreneurs and That's we're right. both in the same boat because it's a very brutally cutthroat competitive business that's overcrowded. And you have all these small businesses trying to fight for a market share while the 
big companies are the ones that occupy most of the space and right. want to squeeze everyone out. That's right. Although there's more startup activity than I've ever seen, quite frankly, in my career in the, both the food and beverage space. So I think it's a good time. And more than ever, retailers are open to new ideas because the consumer prefers that, right? I mean, that's what's... And the big guys have a hard time keeping up. Um, Thomas, you've, you've had some great experiences over the years, especially getting this company going. What would be two or three lessons learned you'd share with our audience in terms of you know thinking about being an entrepreneur or starting a business in this space? Oh, I would say, <laughs> I would say first thing first is, um, my there's no one set formula to ensure success. I would say the first thing first is you will need to find something that's profitable that makes sense, something that's profitable that has lower competition. Um, you don't want to get in a space where there's a hundred other people selling the same exact thing, right? Because so like the toilets. Yeah, yeah, because it is business and business is about making money at the end of the day it's about the numbers about making money um so if you're looking to start a business you want to last a long time and you want to stay afloat for a while you want to do well and numbers dictate the game so find a product that you see that hey you know it's retailing at this much money how much could i buy or make it at is there enough money to be made after the after you pay wholesaler or after you go through pay distributors or retailers and after these different layers no matter what business it's in make sure you have a high profit margin totally and ideally low competition that's why i would suggest although it's not like this in my mushroom business but there's only one main competitor that does what i'm doing right now he's been in a little longer than i have a bit longer than i have um but right now there's like two other key players competitors i've gone into this space but there's still enough room in this space for four maybe uh, four competitors right now including me um so first thing first make sure there's enough profit margin there and second is make sure there's demand make sure that people want your product (laughs) exactly yeah before because before i got into the toilet business i started two online businesses that uh, that failed pretty quickly. Not not that I failed pretty quickly, but I pulled the plug on them pretty quickly because it doesn't make sense ch- chasing something that will lead to a dead end. Totally. Wow. Um, the first business was this baby products business. I was thinking about selling this uh, baby changing table with a dis- with a built-in diaper dispenser. Oh wow! Interesting. Because um, a friend of mine was got a patent on it. They were selling. It. I thought, so let me just drop ship it. Let me just re- retail for them, and then um, it was a very competitive industry. And there was it didn't there wasn't that much of a demand for that. And sooner or later, my friend they are, they couldn't deal with the supplier anymore. They kept messing up, and then they just closed that closed shop. Wow! And I thought, okay, it's probably better for me to import and sell because there's a greater profit margin profit there margin, rather than totally yeah buying from someone here and then selling it at a, a higher cost so the next business that, that i'm looking into was i was looking into trying i wanted to import from south america because it's somewhere in the same time zone as the united states and it's quicker shipping than, than shipping from china so i thought okay i'm just look for a supplier and some project buy from south america and so I was like, okay, let me just find something specialized. Are you ready for this? You know what product this was? Oh no, which one? <laughs> <laughs> these were it's, these were caskets. Oh god, <laughs> that's kind of scary. 
and sad, yeah. but I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. So it's always, they're, they're always going to be in demand, but this oh is European God. style caskets, oh, not the American rectangular style caskets. They're like somewhat like a, somewhat like a long uh, six sided diamond shape kind of. So I, I didn't import anything. I just found a supplier out in Brazil, this training company that could get that for me. And then I started a website, threw pictures up there. And, um, <laughs> and sold and told them when to ship. Wow. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. And I sent out like, I did this postcard campaign to funeral homes. And I won't have... <laughs> <laughs> and this was like oh, 20 2008 or so yeah yeah and i've only had like two people call me and realize you know what it is a specialty product yes it's something that's in dem- that's always but but i think it's, it's not it's not the market's not looking for this right only low. two people called <laughs> yeah because yeah. you just wow. go to costco you can go to costco and pre-plan your funeral the by cast and putting your funeral it's right it's like a touchy subject a you gotta be like less, a, yeah yeah you gotta so be in the industry to know how to wedge yourself in that industry to do well and to there's an angle you have that right angle and i i, I didn't have an angle in that industry either so so and the next step was okay let me just find something else to sell and i just go to china look into china because they make everything out there and then and stumble across color toilets and i was like okay i see someone selling it and there's only one person selling it. He's doing well. Wow. And that's, me, that's awesome. And yeah. I just have to tell all of you that are listening that were like, what? Costco? I, I just, yeah. I had no idea, but I just went on Costco.com and you can get caskets here. I mean, I, I had no idea. In urns. I had no idea. We love learning about Vegki, but man, I had no idea that Costco sold uh, caskets. Thomas, that's yeah. great. That's some uh, awesome <laughs> lessons learned. I, I think that you've had some great experiences and more to come. Like I, I can't wait to see what else you know it happens with your brand and what you pick up. And we'd love to have you back on. Um, share with our listeners uh, where they can find you, where they can find your product, etc. Okay, yeah. So you can find our products at vegkey.com. That's www.vegky.com. So Vegki is just the two words, vegan jerky. That's been consolidated into it. one. Very cool name. Um, so that's the best place to get our products. Yeah, it's really great. And um, I look forward to having you back on. And then Thomas, great meeting you. I'm excited for you. And thanks for coming on the podcast. Okay, thank you very much. It was a great honor. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.